Some movies are direct sequels. Some are part of a shared universe. Some movies follow a protagonist through a series of adventures. Now, is there anything these movies have in common? Well, no, not really. However, maybe with one exception, we enjoy these movies because there is a familiarity and, in a sense, comfort. Because there is a built-in expectation in what we're going to see. There's a formula. And if it doesn't follow the formula, the experience can be unsatisfying. A recent example of changing the formula is offered by director Ryan Johnson. He is someone who seems to enjoy shaking things up a bit. And it's an understatement that his direction of The Last Jedi is a polarizing movie at best. His next movie, Knives Out, was an enjoyable take on the murder mystery genre though. Which leads us to this episode's movie. Another mystery starring the detective Benoit Blanc. However, it diverges from the first movie and is not a typical murder mystery. Again, I look forward to Glenn's thoughts about whether it works as we discuss 2022's Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery on this episode of Movies Will Save the World. to Movies Will Save the World. My name is Glenn Cooper. And I'm Chris Peterson. Today we are talking about the 2022 Ryan Johnson written and directed by movie Glass Onion. Or I should say Glass Onion colon A Knives Out History. History, which and is its own franchise now. That's right. And Chris, as we know, any movie with a colon in its title is destined for greatness. So, <laughs> <laughs> but just like all of us, right. <laughs> but it, ostensibly the sequel to Knives Out, which we have talked about on this podcast, we both really enjoyed, if my memory serves uh, correctly. We did. Um, yeah, I think we even said it saved the world, although I can't for the life of me remember why, but I think it got I, that I, distinction. I, I kind of do. Yeah. 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 Uh, but this was your pick, Chris, and uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about why you wanted to put this movie up for the show. So, you are correct. When um, the original, or whatever you want to call it, the, the first one of this franchise, mm-hmm. Knives Out, mm-hmm. um we both liked it. Yeah. I think yours was like a good clue, like modern, you know, it was yeah. like around Halloween or something. It was like a clue-like uh-huh. movie, right? A, who, mm-hmm. a whodunit. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think we were both pleasantly surprised in many ways, like that this was a this was a fun movie. And um, I think one of the reasons maybe I liked it, I think it was because it's we, we finally get some original content. Like this mm-hmm. isn't yeah. this isn't an existing franchise or a revisioning of a previous 
right. story in a new modern context. This is just taking something that somebody has created. And yeah, and Ryan yeah. Johnson's not. And, and the other thing is, what surprised me is like, he's not one of my favorite directors. I don't, mm. you know, he, he's made <laughs> one really good, not a really good movie. He made a good movie. He's made an okay movie. And he's made some movies that have, you know, are terrible. Um, are you talking about Star Wars? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And yeah, and then some, and that's that's like so. So for me to even like dives out, it was like he did. He, you know, I, I, I will, you know, even someone who I don't like has made something good. You have to acknowledge it. I mean, you sure, do, sure. You give him credit and give him credit for his 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 good work. Mm-hmm. So I saw Glass Onion. You know, it was released on Netflix, like mm-hmm. on the same, um, you know, across the world on the same day. And I was excited <laughs> to see it. I purposely read nothing about it, didn't yeah. know anyone had seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the first one, so I had high hopes for Glass Onion. Mm-hmm. And after watching it, I was confused and feeling let down. I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't enjoy this. And I, and I watched it with my daughter, and she also, who liked the first one, did not like this. And uh-huh. and I didn't watch it thinking, oh, I definitely want to, you know, I I didn't watch it going ahead thinking I'm definitely gonna, you know, bring this right. to our podcast. I just was mm-hmm. watching it, right? And, yeah. and but also processing it as I do any movie that I watched it, and. Yeah. And then it started to get me really mad. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good when you bring movies to the show that make you mad. That always makes for a good conversation. So then it was this, this slow burn of just <laughs> bitter resentment at this movie and why it was that. Um, and then I read, well, I was like, okay, well, what do other people say about this? So yeah. the best place to go, of course, is the internet to find valuable oh. and intelligent opinions. Well, valuable and, and intelligent people on the internet. Yeah, that, exactly. Who else would <laughs> who else would make a podcast or be on YouTube or something? <laughs> yeah. So I was surprised by how many people that loved it. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, no way. There's no way we saw the same movie. Yeah. <laughs> And the points well, they br- they brought up made no sense to me. Um, but anyway, yeah, well, go ahead. Yeah, I want to jump in here for a moment, and I want to hear some of the points that they made. Um, I had the same feeling that you did, confused and let down. Um, <laughs> and, and, and so in our family, we watched this movie together because we, yeah. we have all watched Knives Out, and we all right. as a family really like it. So we did almost like a two-night marathon. One night re- we rewatched Knives Out. And then the mm. next night we watched Glass Onion for the first time, and and me, okay. and, you know, I, yeah. I like you was looking forward to it. I, I, I loved Knives Out so much, and the characters in that, you know, and Benoit Blanc is the only one to resurface as a repeat character, right? But I loved his character, and I was like, I want to see what he does next, and and so I was really looking forward to it, and I came away feeling like. I had watched something immediately forgettable, and I did forget it. <laughs> I yeah. forgot most of what happened in totally. that movie, you know. And it wasn't until you know, wasn't until rewatching it for this that I was like, "Oh yeah, that character was in here," and "Oh yeah, this is what <laughs> this is about," you know. And and compared to Knives Out, which has such 
rich characters that you get yes. introduced to in the beginning, and they all have, you know, such. Uh, I hate to like, like, blame it on casting because Knives Out, the original, had an all-star, incredible ensemble cast, oh, and this yeah, movie that's, does that's not. That's an issue I want to talk about at some point. You, yes. you know, but but casting aside, even that, like, just it was a wholly unforgettable or a wholly forgettable movie, in my opinion. And yeah, I I felt like there was a really real opportunity here to. Um, you know, capitalize on what <laughs> there will probably be a third <laughs> because of the oh, yeah. response that it's received. This new, this new franchise. And to your point, you know, it's a new storyline. It's a new set of characters. It is not like we're just remaking Angela Lansbury, like Murder She Wrote, or something. You <laughs> know, or Columbo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, it's a brand new thing. So I was really looking forward to it as well. And just yeah, like I said, came away feeling like. All right. Well, I did just spend you know two hours, no, two and a half hours, doing this. But yeah, um, it's over. Yeah, it's over two hours. Yeah, I know. So, um, so yeah, I think. Um, and I will say the last thing, just based on what you said, um, <laughs> you know, we don't talk about these movies in advance of the show. So I had had to restrain myself from a whole lot of texts that I wanted to send you. <laughs> you know. But I was very free with my comments to my wife, which was All right, I'm gonna sit down and watch this two and a half hour movie for the show, you know? <laughs> that kind of thing. You know? But I also, you know, in preparing, I shouldn't say preparing, preparing is a, a stronger term than I mean, in doing a modica, a tiny little bit of uh, internet research, I yeah. also came across the, like, oh my gosh, this has, like, really good ratings online. It got nominated for, I think, an Academy it, Award for Best Adapted Screenplay. Yeah, it did. I yeah. was like, why? I, I, I didn't understand either, I so... Would, no. Yeah. Hey. Should, should we should we end the podcast now? Did it save the world? Nah. All right. What's coming up next week? <laughs> I I half jokingly, but half serious. Almost feel like we could. I mean, no, we've got to talk about it. I mean, there are some things. I mean, all right. The only reason we should talk about it is because we freaking watched the movie again. <laughs> I've watched it now several times. You have too, and I yeah. feel like I don't want to waste all that energy for. You know, yeah. Um, I will. I, I I will say this. Okay, my experience rewatching it, I actually enjoyed it more than the first time I watched it, and I think it was because I had high expectations the first time, and right. it was right on the heels of watching Knives Out, the first movie, and so it had more of a letdown effect for me the first time I watched it. This time I came in with low expectations, and I was able to sort of call out some of the parts that were genuinely funny and fun uh, in this because I still think that it's a fun, um, it's a fun world that they've created. And I guess I by world I guess I just mean Benoit Blanc as this sort of modern <laughs> super detective. I still enjoy that character, um, despite how underwhelming this movie was so you know if there's a third one i'll probably watch it too 
Yeah, I don't know. That's a yeah. I really don't. <laughs> oh well, if you don't, I'll put it up for the podcast, so you'll have to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you would too. I know. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even know where to where to start with this one because to, to your point of like rewatching it, mm-hmm. I. Still didn't enjoy it. <laughs> and I liked it less for new reasons. <laughs> you, you had the built-up resent already. <laughs> I think I did. So I was like, thinking, I'm not going to, you know, you're right. The expectations now are shot. And I was, uh-huh. and, you know, my whole thing was like, well, what, what happened in a way? Like, why didn't this one work for me where the mm-hmm. first one did? Yeah, um, yeah. And and one of the unfortunate, and this bugs me, is like, <laughs> like, I don't know, consequences uh-huh. of watching this movie. Um, you know, is that I thought both both the critiques and praises of this film had nothing to do with the film itself. Interesting. Okay. And and that actually. That maybe pissed me off more than the actual movie. Okay, is, is is the way that people used this movie rather rather than just watch it as a as a as film. A movie, yeah, yeah, as yeah, and and like, why do we have to talk about anything else than the actual movie? But then I thought, well, I don't know. Sometimes. And and that's the well, question I think that maybe is worth exploring too in our podcast. This I, specifically the what is this that we just watched? Do you have any examples at hand? So, um, yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean. There, there is this sense by some people that Hollywood has has aligned itself with one philosophy and one point of view and one kind of attack and critique of culture, right? Okay. That 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 Hollywood writers and filmmakers and producers and all these people are in this kind of almost conspiracy, right? To um, <laughs> yeah, to to make our country, you know, a certain way, right? Right, right. Um. And then there are, so there, 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 there are people who, yeah. Again, it's not about the film; it's just about film. You know, the, the, the. So the, what's what's wrong with movies, right? So and this is an example of one. Yeah. So they're critiquing the movie because they feel like there is a message. There, there's a message there that they disagree with. What's so? But f- then what's? Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry to jump in, but what's so funny about that to me? is I feel like Knives Out had more of a social commentary than this movie has. As did I. That's See, that's what's <laughs> yeah. interesting to me as well. Like, I looked at yeah. Knives Out having some kind of, you know, pointed characters and things like that that represented mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But on the other hand, there are people who praise it and agreed with that, saying, uh-huh. yeah, this movie is about that, and it's great to see, and finally, blah, blah, blah. And it's like... What what is really? it about? Like, is it is it about I, the the like because like Miles Braun the 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 rich guy who owns the island and and maybe yeah. we'll do a super quick plot synopsis here in a moment but <clears throat> Miles Bryan, Braun to me is he's like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, I think that's right? yeah I think that's who he's supposed to be right I mean I just right. I don't think it's that 
I don't think that's too not very big veiled. of a stretch. That's not <laughs> yeah. a that's not a really like yeah. No, I mean clearly yes. They even it's talk supposed about to be a, ridic- a ridiculous billionaire. And, yeah, right, right. Um so yeah, is is the is the commentary that they think the movie is making is just on billionaires are dumb? Is that it? <laughs> or th- or that Ryan Johnson and and maybe and maybe he is. Maybe he is saying that I mean that this movie is to point out that we put too much faith and stock into these billionaires mm-hmm. um, and these influencers mm-hmm. and they have you know too much power in our lives or blah 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 I don't know I don't think honestly Ryan Johnson is that smart enough to do that but <laughs> um, and hearing and watching him talk about the movie and things like that he he doesn't really direct that I had never yeah. seen him directly address that question he may right. he may have done it that way but he certainly didn't talk about anything i saw so for for me it was just the experience of going into a whodunit and mm-hmm. taking it as that kind of movie it is yeah. i did not take it as a you know animal farm sort of <laughs> you know you know look at society and and like the power struggles and all this other bs yeah. like yeah. come on this is yeah. if it was it's the most ineffective tool to uh, do that yeah i was gonna say there i mean there is nothing uh uh oh what's the right word there's nothing um uh satirical i don't know there's there's nothing there there's no creativity that that goes into i'm trying to tell a story through like allegory or something like that right it's just I'm putting these rich assholes on the screen and making them look like assholes, and if that's right. my commentary, you yeah, know, then that's it. And you know, and if anything, it wouldn't be. I mean, in the strictest sense of the word, it wouldn't. It's closer, if anything, to a parody over right. satire. Where satire <laughs> yeah. to me is making a social message about change, mm-hmm. right? Right. Where right. a parody is like watching a Naked Gun movie. It's a parody of. <laughs> yeah. A detective procedural. The closest right. thing would be this would be a parody of a whodunit, right? You know, but by, by by messing with that. But it doesn't really do that either. It it certainly doesn't because it, it's not like it's throwing out tropes and then making fun of them. It's just no the tropes in there, right? Yeah, well, exactly. And 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 I think anyway, I, I think a lot of things, but <laughs> <laughs> this has the, I mean. Like an Agatha Christie story. And I think mm-hmm. he even said as much as that Agatha Christie was a big inspiration to him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a, it's equivalent to like, then um, then there were none, mm-hmm. um, the, which is one of my favorite mystery books. You know, the idea yeah. of being trapped trapped on an island and people are getting off one by one and blah, blah, blah. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's kind of a riff on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, you know, part of a whodunit is you have a, you know, a cast of characters and you're supposed to figure out their motivations and, you know, who's telling lies and all this other stuff, you know, that's, that's, Mm -hmm. and the fun of watching these is, Mm -hmm. is to try to solve the mystery along with, you know, the sleuth and, you know, things like that, you know, and that's, that's why they're fun and why they work, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I never put much energy into thinking what's the, what, what what larger societal problems is this movie approaching right. that we that we need to address? You know, I don't really care. I don't. I don't, <laughs> exactly. I, I don't really. I don't well, look to this form of entertainment 
to give me the 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 yeah basically that to be some sort of way preached to well it, um, it's it's funny because we we touched on this in our knives out episode because you know one of the things that was being talked about uh, put on the screen and knives out was this idea of class and immigrants and immigration and yeah. racism and yep. how the, how subtle that can be exposed even by people who think they aren't being racist, right? And, you know, one of the things that we, I remember us talking about there is, like, you know, while I am certainly, from a political standpoint, on the side of what's being presented in Knives Out in terms of this is how racism happens and, and yeah. these are the yeah. sort of things that we don't recognize in our everyday behaviors and that kind of thing. So while I agree with the movie, the point the movie is trying to make, um, <clears throat> it certainly isn't necessary to tell a good story. And I think there are people that would be turned off by it. Now, you know, you can argue whether that's good or bad or it's the movie's job or not. But I think, I guess the point I'm trying to make, I'm not saying that a movie shouldn't try to put forward a point of view if it has one. Either. Yeah. I'm not saying that either. Right. But in, but in this kind of movie, it also isn't necessary, you know? Um, I, yeah, I think the difference between knives out and this one is that I'm not, and I don't know for sure if there is any sort of social message here or if people are just projecting that. Right. But it knives right. out. It actually was important to the motivations and actions Absolutely. of the characters. Right. Which gave us some insight into how their minds work, right? right. We, right. we are given very much buffoonish, cartoonish, one dimensional, <laughs> I don't care anything about you characters. Yeah. And yep. if they all got killed, I wouldn't. It would be the same diff, you know. It wouldn't make any difference to me. Like, well, I don't really care what happens to any of them, and that's it's not an engaging mystery. I want to let's go there for a moment because that's a place that I wanted to go, and then I'd actually like to then touch on some of the things I did enjoy in this movie because there are some things that I right, I curious. did enjoy. Okay, <laughs> but here's my here is my theory on why this is not a compelling whodunit. Um, from the get-go, of course, all of these characters, aside from our Benoit Blanc and our protagonist, are dislikable characters. We hate them all from the beginning, or at least we yeah. see them as like one-dimensional characters, caricatures of people that we dislike. And then we meet the billionaire. And... <laughs> Maybe this is my own uh, opinion, but I am not a huge Ed Norton fan, so that just piles on top of yeah, how unlikable which, a person he is in this movie. <laughs> which it was that's maybe actually a decent too. casting in that regard. I felt <laughs> also that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, so as much as we don't like the people that we're introduced to first, once we meet Miles Braun, played by. I almost said played by Elon Musk, played by Ed Norton. <laughs> We're like, well, he's the bad guy and he's going to be the bad guy. I didn't yeah. feel like there was any mystery. Like none of it for me was, are 
is one of these other people in on it? No, of course they all had motives. They all had opportunity. The movie did a good job of like illustrating that to us, but there was never a time that I didn't think that, that <laughs> I'm having a, I got to close my notes cause I'm having a really hard time not saying Elon Musk. <laughs> there was, there was, I don't think there was ever a point in this movie that I thought anyone other than Ed Norton's character was going to be the ultimate bad guy. Exactly. And so, for me, it's like, well, then what are we here for? You've, yeah, you've, you've nailed, I think the main, it, it, this is, you know, I know you're right. Cause it's my conclusion too, that <laughs> it's a miss. It's a mystery that lacks tension, which right. is like, which, which, you know, in an Alfred Hitchcockian sort of way, it was the biggest sin that you could do as as a as a director of these kind of movies. Is is yeah. like, it's 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 why watch it then? I already right. know, you know, I've 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 I don't know what is going to happen, but I already figured out, you know, the reveal or whatever. Yeah, and and, and I, now it's I just can, how we get there, right? It's yeah, like, and. I know exactly the, the point in the movie, yeah, yeah, where, where, and I, you know, and I'd, I'd like to talk about later on. We've done this for another movie. It's like, well, here's some steps they could have taken, or Ryan mm-hmm. Johnson didn't yeah. do right. that would have made this a more interesting movie. Um, yeah, because it some of the stuff was there, but I consider this one of the laziest, <laughs> shoddiest written movies I've seen in a long time. Yeah. He should know better. He got away with something here and then tried to brush it off as like, oh, well, it's just a stupid movie because it's, you know, it's like, well, F you, Ryan Johnson, then why am I watching this? If you know that this movie is stupid um, <laughs> and you're making and you're passing it off, it's it's brilliant because I made it stupid. It was like and that's what some people enjoyed about it. Like they were being told, like, Haha, you know, I've subverted the genre and made a perf- purposely stupid stupid whodunit where you don't have to figure it out like wait did he say that or have other people said that other people have said that that that's the genius of this movie that it is stupid (laughs) that's like that's like saying i'm gonna make a comedy with no jokes ha what a subversive (laughs) tactic that is but that's isn't that the truth though that's exactly what people were praising it for it's like i just went back to that 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 line in Spinal Tap where they said, the, well, there's <laughs> oh, yes. a fine line between genius and what is stupid. I mean, I think that's from Spinal Tap. Yes, that's that's an example of someone trying to exploit that line to his financial advantage. Oh man, there are so many freaking plot holes in this movie. Oh, and yeah. people said, well, there's no plot holes. It all makes sense. Well, of course it makes sense, in the sense that it's poorly written. Um, <laughs> it makes sense how it got created. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can see that there's actual, you know, they set up the cameras in rooms and made people dress in costumes and said lines. <laughs> and probably did a little but, bit of rehearsal. But <laughs> no, because I think, and some people were saying like, Ryan, you know, Ryan Johnson is one of the disruptors. That he's one of those guys that's like, you know, oh boy. here's his. You know, here here is his catalog of filmmaking, where he has proven to be someone who, you know, likes to mess with the system and all this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, are you serious? Like, what? He's just a film. He's he's not Steven Spielberg. He's a filmmaker. Well, he's, and Steven Spielberg certainly isn't a disruptor, but 
I gotta look up his IMDb now. Okay, Looper. That was good. Looper. Yeah, yeah I Dimes consider Looper good. a good movie. Times Out. Yep. I thought was a was a good movie. It really was. Yep, I thought um, so too. Star Wars, uh, Episode Eight. Eight. Yeah, it was number eight. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I'd have to go and look more at his IMDb. I can't. There's I not a lot would, there. You know, and I would never. Uh, 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 give the term disruptor to him. You can't be a disruptor when you're doing a Star Wars movie, you know? <laughs> well, they would say because he decided to, you know, make make the hero Luke Skywalker look like an asshole. Like, that's really edgy. And I don't know. It's <sighs> Whatever. There, it, it, I, the more I, you know, I, I was curious to what it, like I said, I was curious to what connected yeah. this movie to people. Yeah. Um, you know, and why they defend it so like passionately and call anyone who doesn't like it, you know, well, you just don't get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and then, then, you know, and then the other side, the critiques were all just stupid too, like of, of all this other nonsense. So that, that's why I just look at the movie. Okay. What, whatever people feel about it, that's mm-hmm. that, that really isn't relevant to this discussion. It's, it's really what, what, in, in my opinion, why this movie wasn't that good (laughs) yeah i yeah and 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 my i think the last thing i'll say on just why i think it wasn't that good beyond what i've already said is it was just mediocre i mean you know yeah yeah whatever quibbles we might have on acting or writing or or pacing or directing or you know the twist that gets introduced halfway through the movie I'll go back and say I came away with it. I barely remembered it. I, you know, <laughs> watching it again, I was like, "Oh, that's right. This is what this is about." Um, it just wasn't. It didn't stand out in any way. Um, and to have that experience after a movie like *Knives Out* um, was, yeah, like you said, disappointed and confused. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I did want to talk a little bit about some of the things that I did actually legitimately enjoy about sure. this movie. Um, there were a couple of things that I thought were legitimately funny. Um, I thought when all of the characters, <laughs> I thought that when all of the characters got their boxes, their puzzle boxes from Miles that they all had to. And they're all in like a conference call together trying to like piece together how to open this thing and see what's inside it. Um, uh, what's Dave Batista's uh, Duke Cody? Uh, the, yeah, du- yeah, Duke. That's, I just remember Duke. That's all I can the, remember. But yeah. The men's right activist on YouTube. <laughs> YouTube men's rights influencer um, it, who lives with his mom, by the mom, way. Right. And his mom is like sitting in the background, not even looking at the box, calling out the way to solve it. She's like, right. it's a Fibonacci sequence <laughs> or like, you know, it's a direction. <laughs> it's got a point north. All of those things. I thought that was funny. Um, I, al- I also thought it was, f- 
<laughs> and we learn later that this isn't the this isn't the case. But I also thought it was funny when uh, Benoit Blanc uh, shows up and he's like, "Well, I got a I got a box. It had some childish puzzles in it, and I just opened the invitation." <laughs> just his characterization of what everyone thinks is this brain puzzle right. thing. He's this like, "That was te- yeah, yeah, exactly." <laughs> Um, and maybe my favorite moment in the movie is <clears throat> when, you know, Miles Braun has assembled everyone, they're sitting down to dinner and it's going to be, it's going to be this weekend long murder mystery where he will be quote murdered, but you know, as pretend and, um, he's, he's sort of like setting up, okay, you can work together or not work together, but there can only be one winner and there are clues hidden around the island that you'll have to find and all that stuff. And then Benoit Blanc just stands up, says, oh, it was Birdie and she's going to be with this crossbow over here and here's the motivation and I saw some stuff spelled out in the hedges earlier and just right. dismantles the entire thing in about two minutes of dialogue. I, I no, thought that, that was, was a lot of fun. Oh, have we started already? Is it? Well, the murder hasn't happened. Oh, okay. But, yeah, why not? As Watson said to Holmes... It was Bertie who planted a remote device on a crossbow in revenge for you stealing her signature Ren Diamond. Look at the seat arrangement. It triangulates Bertie just perfectly with that thing, which is loaded with a dummy bolt aimed directly at Mr. Braun. Now, I believe close inspection will reveal some sort of remote triggering device, but more damn that is a vintage Jayhawk brand crossbow. Jayhawk, Birdie J. Of course, there are other superfluous and rather clumsy clues. The hedgerow in the South Garden, that spells the letter B. Birdie's room is the sickle chakra, which is the one blocked by guilt, blah, blah, blah. But the motive, yes. On the cleverly planted 1998 issue of the Face magazine with uh, Birdie on the cover, she famously wore what became known as the Wren Diamond. And that's a family heirloom, I believe. Oh, to be clear, I mean, I didn't know what a blood diamond was, so... Mr. Braun, uh, the large pendulous locket, which is, uh, has not left your neck, <laughs> bit out of keeping with your Breezy Island style, would you kindly open it for us? Ah! Baron Diamond! A dramatic, passionate, and colorful crime for a fashionista Miss Birdie J. That was really cool. I, I, <laughs> I also, I was on board at that point. Right. Um, you know, thinking, okay, now what? Um, yeah. And and yeah. then, and, and there were funny moments, yes. In yeah. fact, that would be, um, the, the things from the movie that I enjoyed were those little, yeah. Right. Like little, little jokes. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I, but those as the movie went on, I had less, 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 <laughs> less of those. I do think, like you know, we saw some things in Knives Out that I think also happen in this. One of my moments that I laughed at was when 
Ed Norton is like he's prepared everyone's signature cocktail. Yeah. And then um is it uh is it Birdie? Birdie's like assistant is there. Assistant. Yes. And he just hands her like a red solo cup without yeah, even she looking gets at the, her. <laughs> she gets the red party cup and yeah, then she writes her name on it. Yeah. It's reminiscent of the scene in, in Knives Out where, you know, um Don Johnson just sort of like is handing his plate to whatever a, you know, <laughs> servant is passing by, you know, right. uh, just assuming it's going to be taken, you know, you yep. know, and maybe that's the thing is it's like, I think this movie has a decent amount of those small little parts, um, those small little funny moments in it. It's just lacking all of the substance that, that Knives Out has. The, the uh, a last one I wanted to mention, well, two last ones I wanted to mention is when, uh, uh, Helen, who we later find is um, Andy's sister, uh, we, we, the reveal comes that they're twin sisters and yada, yada, yada. Right. And he, uh, she goes to uh, call on uh, Benoit Blanc. As she's knocking on the door, you hear um, somebody inside say something like, are you in the bath again? <laughs> so like, there's a thing where he's just like always in the bath and can't get the door. Um, I don't know. <laughs> It was just such a fun. I didn't pick it up on the first time, but this in, in this watch, I was like, "Oh, okay, that's funny." Um, and then, of course, the last thing I'll say, and then I'll stop talking, is um, uh, I think it's really funny that Benoit Blanc hates the game Clue and has a Clue, lot to right. say about it in this movie. <laughs> so, but yeah, and, and yet yeah, that's exactly what. Andy slash Helen was doing exactly. to solve the mystery. No, she had her little, she made her little clue chart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and did it that way. Mm-hmm. I, I Here's what I, here, my theory on that uh-huh. is Ryan Johnson listened to our podcast and he called <laughs> Knives Out a really good clue movie. Uh-huh. And he said, well, I'll, sh- I'll show those guys and make fun of clue and how much it's, he mm. thinks it's stupid. So I think, I think that was actually, he was he was doing a, a commentary on us, is how I took it. Well, Ryan, you're welcome to come on the show anytime and explain yourself to us. Yeah, <laughs> as, no, as, I, 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 as much as you know, it has as much validity as what anyone else is saying, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so, so glad you mentioned earlier um, in the podcast that. Um, you know, Knives Out, I mean, had a stellar cast. I yeah. mean, you start with Christopher Plummer and work your way down. Like <laughs> Shannon, Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah. Chris Evans, uh-huh. and, and there's, you know, there, uh, Tony Collette. I mean, yeah. there are all actors here I really like. And it was Absolutely. fun to watch them play, you know, real assholes in a way. <laughs> um, you know, and they really, you know, they didn't phone it in. They gave it. Um, and it was nuanced and, mm-hmm. and, you know, they, it wasn't just, you know, Don Johnson was in it, which is fun yeah. to see. Yeah. Um, and, and, and everyone did like an excellent job and they, and they, and they were, you know, their motivations were, you know, murky and, you know, and also it's kind of like, okay, I get it when, well, you know, what, um, but they were, and, and there wasn't people. So it did make it seem like, you know, all of them, um, you know, or several of them together were capable of, you know, doing this crime and things mm-hmm. like that. There was nobody that stood out. Right. Um, so you come to Knives Out and it's really not like a, 
what I'd call a heavyweight cast of actors. You mean Glass um, Onion? What did I say? Knives Out. <laughs> oh yeah, we come to yeah. The I, I just meant Knives Out in general, the genre. No, I mean you're right. it is it is Glass Gla- Onion. Glass, Glass Onion. Onion colon a Knives Out mystery. Glass Onion doesn't <laughs> hit you over the head with like, wow, they really got a bunch of A listers here mm-hmm. to do this. I mean, it was which I. All right, here's my assumption. He probably could have called up anyone and said, hey, do you want to be in this next movie? And he mm. probably would have gotten a pretty, I mean, he got he got those actors to be in the first one. He can mm-hmm. probably get equivalent good actors to be. Um, in the second one, yeah. In the second one, right? It wouldn't have necessarily been like, yeah, that movie's tanked, everyone hated it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to really have trouble filling these roles. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously he chose those particular actors for a reason mm-hmm. but there none of them are like what i would consider you know <laughs> you know geniuses in, in their craft <laughs> i mean they, sure. they play care they generally play caricatures of things and mm-hmm. um i don't think that 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 was just a i mean that's not a real critique of anything other than you know i just thought that was a downgrade in terms of talent that he was working well, with and and sometimes you know, lesser known or unknown actors can be a real benefit to a story, right? Because you're not that you're is not true. seeing Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise, or you know right. Matt Damon being Matt Damon. You're seeing somebody that you're maybe less familiar with, and you can get more lost in their character. I just felt like none of these characters were compelling in any way. No, know? it's not like um, you know. Batista's, I mean, he did has some semi-serious roles, for instance, but that's mm-hmm. not primarily what he's known for. Mm-hmm. You know, he's Drax on Guardians of the Galaxy, and he mm-hmm. plays that role perfectly. Mm-hmm. And some would say, well, he definitely, you know, embodies, you know, the the characteristics of this, whatever they, whatever, they had a little term for it, but this kind of man yeah. movement or whatever the hell it is. I Yeah, I men's rights activist yeah, or so- bullshit. <laughs> Right. Um, and I guess that was kind of like, it, I, I do think it affected the product. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think it's fun when they use good actors and kind of comedic or, mm-hmm. you know, these are not, it wasn't supposed to be intense dramatic performances, but you do get to see the nuances of how good actors work. Um, yeah. I, I like that. So that's, mm-hmm. that's not, you know, it's not really a, it's just a, you know, it's just an opinion, right? That's just yeah. my my preference. I can't. If someone thought you're wrong, it's like, well, okay, so yeah. so be it. <laughs> yeah, I I will say, you know, of course, between the two movies, we've got, of course, Daniel Craig returning as Benoit Blanc, and then we also have the other actor, Noah Segan, who was in Knives Out as one of the two that's, police detectives. That's right. Showing up yeah. as Daryl, the guy in as, the as, background. As essentially the dude. He's playing yeah, he's the playing dude. The dude, exactly. He's like, I'm not here. That, Don't worry that's about That's the me. first that is actually the believe it or not, that is the first thing. Like, here's two things I thought when I saw that character. I thought, okay, it's the dude, and he's gonna have absolutely nothing to do other than a running gag through this story uh, I, yes absolutely that's that's, a, that's, a, that's immediately what I thought and and you know with who it's right you always have to be looking at the the uh the person in the background that you're not necessarily engaging with or not paying that much attention to those are great opportunities for 
you know, twists or um, uh, revelations and, and that kind of thing. And no, he's just part of the scenery, you know, just yeah. like the rest of the set. He's just I mean, he there. And then uh, Miles Braun says, oh, yeah, he's just hanging around. Don't worry about him or, or something to that effect, which is exactly what it was. It was <laughs> <Yeah>. a literal. <laughs> he was literally telling us, yeah, just ignore. I mean. And I thought, OK, I mean, that's that. And, and I, you know, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't have he had a few scenes where he just mm-hmm. kind of is walking around. And, you know, I think, you know, we're led to believe. In a in a in a whodunit that okay this could be a red herring or mm-hmm. it could be somebody right. who's who is actually integral to uncovering the mystery right mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know but it, but in this case I thought I just it it I don't know it gave me the vibe like this 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 guy is just going to be a funny thing in the movie right I don't right know. right right I don't know why I thought that but that's how I felt. Well, um, that was correct. <laughs> yeah. You know. And and that's the other thing. Johnson is is like one of the things about his movies, he's fascinated I would say obsessed with like adding little details to the movies that um you know, no one will probably notice the first time, but he mm-hmm. does it for like an inside joke or symbolism mm-hmm. or all that. And he throws that throughout the movie. Um No, and, yeah. And, and it's it's not really building any. It's not building the story in any way. It's a it's the director's wink it's, to the uh, in crowd. Yeah, it's it's like the director breaking the fourth wall. It, yeah, um, exactly. I, saying that we're in a movie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I noticed is you know in at a scene early in the movie when they're on the beach or not that not on the beach or at the pool or whatever it is, uh, Ed Norton is playing uh, an acoustic guitar and he's playing Blackbird. Uh, the Beatles song. Um, right. And of course, Glass Onion is a Beatles song. Like, w- we don't have to go very far to get our Beatles reference in this episode because the entire <laughs> no, we don't. movie is based it's, on that I song. I know. I, you know? That was, it's been yeah. easy. Um, but yeah. And actually, but, yeah. But just that little detail of him playing Blackbird. And by the way, he Ed Norton is absolutely not playing that guitar. <laughs> I picked that out. I'm like, I can play that song. You are not playing this song, my friend. <laughs> Okay, that goes to all right, an initial. All right, I don't. Maybe I'll start here. No, I'm not going to start here. But I'm going to tell you something. Okay. <laughs> um, so it is. It is the scene on the beach where mm-hmm. he's waiting for the boat to arrive. Mm. He does play the guitar at the pool too. I think yeah. for whiskey or something. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, but he's playing something on the beach, and then um, Birdie jumps out and says, "Oh my gosh, you're playing my favorite song!" And he's like, "Yeah, this is a song that Paul McCartney wrote." Hell yeah! He wrote that song in this, and he's playing it. And I knew—I mean, I knew this instantly. And I, you know, obviously, I'm a Beatles geek, but he's—he's he's playing a right-handed guitar. <laughs> and I thought, there's no fucking way Paul McCartney used that guitar to write a song. He's playing yeah. it right-handed, right. and then he just throws it. So he's lying immediately, right? Right, so, right, right. So, and I knew that wasn't like. I'm sure Ryan Johnson knew that Paul McCartney was a left-handed guitar player. So I didn't think like, <laughs> oh, that was just a, one of the, that's just one of those oversights that happens uh-huh. in movies. It's like, yeah. no, he's one of the most famous left-handed guitar uh-huh. mu- musicians like ever. Jimmy, like Jimi Hendrix, you know? Yeah. I mean, you can list 
you know, who's who's the left-handed players? You got you, you got McCartney, you got Hendricks, you got Cobain, and there's, uh-huh. you know, it's a pretty short list. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, he's playing it right-handed, and I'm like, and I made that note immediately. It's like, no, he's that's not McCartney's guitar. He's lying so, so for, Ryan, for some reason. So Ryan Johnson, in addition to putting in little clues, for you know, the little wink at the audience is also getting little winks at the audience wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so... Right. And for some, I don't know. And, 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 it, you know, it may be part of building the fact that, you know, that, I guess you could argue that maybe that Miles Braun is, is a phony or, or something. Yeah. 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 I, sure. I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's, but, but you're right in that it's like, you know, if you could redirect that effort, uh, in the writing of the movie into making it a better script. Yeah. Versus like finding all the little Easter eggs that I can put in here for, you know. Yeah. That's exactly what it felt like. That's (laughs) maybe the appeal of the movie. And I don't, I don't know. There's lots of other things like that. And I didn't write them all down, but. Well, and this um, is where, like, I, I think again, gosh, I, I know our show is supposed to be about the one movie, but because this is the same, it's a sequel. You can't help but compare it to the first, but Knives Out has plenty of those things, but it doesn't didn't come at the expense of the story and the plot and the characters. They were added little bonuses to sort of uncover as you went through it. And in this movie, it feels more like I'm on a scavenger hunt, and if I find that one <laughs> little clue, then I feel good about the fact that I'm watching this movie. <laughs> So let me, let, let, I'd like to look at just the this, the development of the story yeah. as, as, as we follow along the narrative. And mm-hmm. again, I, I would argue, you know, my thesis is based on the point that when you watch a whodunit, mm-hmm. that you are given bits of evidence that lead mm-hmm. you to the conclusion of, you know, who's responsible and who's, right. you know, and we, and we enjoy the reveal where it's like, Oh, that, you know, you know, it's, it's never fun to know like, yeah, I already got this figured out. And then you sure. find out, yeah, that was it. No, it's, it's, it's fun to see like, there's, there's the twist. And mm-hmm. I, you know, if I would have paid closer attention, right. I could have figured that out. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't happen in this movie for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's, like, you remember on the initial doc scene where they're they're getting inoculated with some mysterious thing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You know, Ethan Hawke comes out. Right, right. Um, and another thing that confused me about the movie um, was when there were, like, these little cameos by people. Yeah. I was, I was sometimes confused to whether are they being... Is he being Ethan Hawke, or is he being, is he right, being a right. is he right. being a character in the movie? Right, you know, because he goes back and forth, right? No, absolutely. I mean, uh, Jeremy Renner is mentioned as being yeah, this hot it, sauce guy, and Jared Leto created Jared Le- the drink, yep. mm-hmm. and Serena Williams is uh-huh. in it as as, as Serena Williams, right? Yeah, but and then, then but he, then Hugh Hugh Grant yeah. answers the door, so right. immediately I thought, oh. He lives with Hugh Grant, mm-hmm. but then I find out no, his character's name is Philip. Right. So I'm like, all right, that's really like confusing and 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 doesn't really make it more clear how to follow your story. But anyway, yeah, I thought yeah. that was kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, you know, 
a part of whodunits is there's like literal exposition. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. That they, they literally have to say this is things. what happened. This is how who did it. Blah, yeah. Blah, 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 you know blah. that's just that's just part of it. Right. I, I, I get I get that. Mm-hmm. And coincidences are also part of whodunits. You know mm-hmm. things that like if they just if they just happen to be at the right place at the right time. You know. Right. And you get evidence that way. Mm-hmm. But so like he gets. <laughs> He gets like Duke's character gets inoculated with this thing, right? And his mm-hmm. his first question is like, "There's no pineapple in there, right?" Duke doesn't do pineapple. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was thinking, what a weird thing to say. Like, <laughs> why would you assume that you're getting a shot full of pineapple? Well, right. When I when I got my COVID vaccine, I definitely asked the woman at the Walgreens, <laughs> "Is there any pineapple in here?" <laughs> I researched that for hours to make sure, like, this is not a pineapple-based vaccine, is Listen, it? Listen, I posted a lot on TikTok about the the contents of that vaccine because people got to know the truth. So, so, like, okay, there you go. Write down pineapple, pineapple. reference. It's yeah, going exactly. to it's going to happen at some point in the story because we know Duke will die from it. It's Chekhov's pineapple. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yes, that movie and book, yeah, trope, the the the, 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 the pineapple entrance to every story. Uh huh. So it's like, okay, that's a bit ham-fisted there. I mean, also, seriously. I mean, also Chekhov's literal gun with Duke's gun that he keeps yeah. in his fucking speedos in yeah, the pool. Yeah, that's that, uh, yeah, anyway. That's a, that's a bit, you yeah. know, which. So anyway, we're, you know, and then, you know, I get it. Again, back to the introduction, the characters, like each of them, we see varying degrees of mm-hmm. mask types, right? Right, which, right. Which, you know, which is supposed to, and that, that wasn't bad. I didn't think like, oh, that's, you know, we get glimpses into kind of their personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, big deal. Um, so, so here's where I start thinking about the actual story more of the story mm-hmm. so nobody knows at that point well we don't like actually we're ba- we're basing all the information we have that blanc was invited to this party right right mm-hmm. um there's nothing to indicate at that point that he's not mm-hmm. um and they're like surprised but they're like oh okay well miles has something in store for us because right. everyone everyone knows <laughs> In this world, a famous detective is a thing. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Um, and then the mysterious Andy shows up, mm-hmm. who, again, we don't know anything about Andy or why right. she's there or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as it unfolds, you know, we find out that, you know, they, they all screwed her over, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know, with all with the little information at that point that we have, um, d- d- is there any? I mean, is it not until? Well, first, okay, yeah. So, f- so first, Duke dies, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and like the first time I watched this. This is just me as a casual viewer of this movie. Mm-hmm. I li- and this is in the movie because I rewatched it to think, well, maybe I just imagined that. But you can see literally Miles give his drink 
Yep. To Duke in that right. scene. Yep. You 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 just saw him do that mm-hmm. in in real time. Right. And then Duke dies. So I'm right. like, okay, Miles just killed Duke. All right. right, he, right. Is, he is a murderer. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, Which I and, thought was weird because I saw the same thing. <laughs> and, and, he, and I was like, because he's pouring a drink for him and then he goes over and, and like hands him the other drink. And I was like, that's weird. Right. He's Yeah, he switched. You know, he does it very, very, yeah, it's very obvious. Right. You know, it's not, you know, which is, okay, that's, that's interesting, mm-hmm. you know. Obviously, Miles Braun, we kind of felt kind of sketchy about him to begin with, but he, you know, kills right. his so-called friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then we go to, you know, moving along, you know, Andy gets, you know, shot. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we find out, you know, in the next sequence, the middle of the movie, that was, that was all just a show. That, right. That there actually is... Everything we saw was fake, mm-hmm. and I and I thought, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like what? What kind? Yeah. Of, I, I was trying to think what kind of te- <coughs> technique of suspense did we just experience? Well, it is like it, it is a little bit like watching an M Night movie where. The writer has this twist in mind, and that's going to be the reveal, you know. And and so yeah, it's it it feels like, you know, I'm not a writer. I, I've never written a mystery or a whodunit. I don't know where I would start, but um, it feels a little bit cheaper when you can just explain everything away by a complete retcon in the middle of the movie. Everything yes. that you've seen is false, you know. So it, yeah, it made me feel like okay, we just literally wasted all that time. <laughs> right. So it so it was a reset of the film, and mm-hmm. I and I was thinking, well, wouldn't it have made more sense to kind of begin the story knowing that mm. this is the fake Andy, mm-hmm. and the suspense is, are they going to find out that mm. this isn't the real one, and one of mm-hmm. these is her real killer and they are mm-hmm. really going to try to kill her um that to me would have been a more engaging who done it you know to, well, to, to 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 put her because we find out okay the entire time now she has put herself in danger and all the mm-hmm. things she did all the things she was doing had meaning right but at the at the time we counted them just meaningless um and it built you know it any sort of, I mean, you could have just reset the movie and started almost right there. It, mm-hmm. it, 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 it made the, it, it felt to me like, um, yeah, I don't know. Like if you watched, I don't know, you, you, you had said an M night thing. And I, I, I was trying to think of, of, of like a, a good, <laughs> a good movie. that if they would have done the same thing I would have thought well that movie sucked you know because the the whole point I think to whodunit is 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 I kind of laid out like you don't um, you know if you if you took the original Knives Out right right and I mean they kind of did it in a way um, that's but not 
not in the but not to the same effect because that's, we did get pieces later. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say is like it feels a little cuz yeah, it feels like a, a little bit like Brian Johnson is almost trying to play with the genre. Yes, yeah, exactly. Out does play with the genre. It starts with you knowing who done it. Literally, you know, Christopher Plummer slit his own throat, right? And then it goes from there and we find out, oh, there's the real culprit behind this. Yeah. And, and there's a real, and there was a reason right. to what right. this, this, this was happening. But yeah. So, um, it, you know, and that's again, where it feels almost like an M night, uh, comparison is appropriate here, which is, you know, maybe Johnson felt like, well, I've kind of got to do the same thing again. Um, yeah, because there's lots of parallels actually between yeah. the two movies. The mm-hmm. fact that you know Blanc was given a mysterious envelope yep. of money and mm-hmm. told to investigate this murder, mm-hmm. he he portrays at the beginning that he has received the mm-hmm. mysterious box and just right. shows up, mm-hmm. not knowing why. Yep. Um, so he's kind of using the same, mm-hmm. you know, the the same techniques. Right. But this this time he used them in a in a more just haphazard way <laughs> yeah. um that that doesn't really satisfy i i think yeah. that's i think that's why i was feeling like that's why i didn't it didn't connect with me so i thought okay i accept in the world of these types of movies that there are going to be just unbelievable coincidences mm-hmm. She has a twin sister. She happened mm-hmm. to write her entire life in a diary. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you know. Yeah, I mean, how many? Okay, here's fair the enough. pass. Here's the password to my pa- laptop and email account in my diary. Well, that, exactly. That's the other thing. It's like, no, I went on my sister's computer and looked up all the emails that she sent. Like, <laughs> yeah. so this world famous tech billionaire doesn't put any password on her her laptop. <laughs> I nope. <laughs> Password is one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> or the fact that her sister would, you know, I, I don't even share my password with my wife, so I don't think she's sharing it with her sister. Right. I'm just saying. Yep. Maybe yep. she does in her world. I don't know. Yeah. But it, it it's just those little things like, like you could just gloss over those, mm-hmm. but it's, but it but sometimes it's like okay, I get conveniences, but mm-hmm. I don't get when people act in ways that are either not consistent with their character mm-hmm. or in ways that human beings don't even remotely yeah. act like. No, absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. you know and, and there are some genres you can kind of get away with it, horror being one of them, <laughs> but, but not in these types of movies. Right. You can't, right. you can't keep, cha- it's like a, it's like a kid playing a game that he invented and he's constantly changing the rules and yeah, it's, it's so Calvin frustrating. To, <laughs> exactly. It, yes, exactly. It's a frustrating game to play with some people like that. Like, oh no, I get four outs uh, because of blah blah blah. It's like, no, we didn't establish that as a set of rules. Are you saying I, you don't like playing board games with six-year-olds? <laughs> that is actually exactly what I'm saying. I don't. I, I, I will not. Nope. You and me both. So yeah, there's the whole. You know, the the whole business where, I, okay, I already know Duke was killed by Braun. And then we're thrown into mm-hmm. the thing like, oh, so this was like, a, all this was not real. We just um, found out that those two were working together to solve right. this 
this other mystery. Right. I mean, the, the mystery wasn't to solve who shot Duke. Um, the mystery was to find out who killed her sister. That's mm-hmm. the main storyline, right? right? I mean, that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Chris, let me ask you. <laughs> In this movie that we've been talking about, what is your key scene? <laughs> so... One would think the key scene would be the big switcheroo where we find out that Andy has a twin sister that I guess she never talked about or right. told, anyone, <laughs> told anyone I have or never met like all these dear friends of hers uh-huh. who, by the way, when we meet them in the Glass Onion, like I'm not sure what Andy, what how does she, she know all these she what is her job how does she know all these yeah. diverse people and what are they doing all the time yep and yep. then why yeah you know the, okay whatever yeah that's, that's just that's just that to me was yeah. dumb which yeah. comes to the key scene <laughs> okay it's when blanc goes on his diatribe of explaining that this whole mystery is dumb <laughs> that, that miles miles is an idiot and i was blinded by it because i thought this would be a complicated story but it's just stupid look into the clear center of this glass onion miles braun is an idiot oh please just tell us who tried to kill me uh, nobody tried to kill you you vainglorious buffoon. And to me, that encapsulates <laughs> everything about this movie to me. Yeah. Um, it's, it's... Oh, it's so meta, Chris. It's so <laughs> That's meta. That's what I mean. I freaking hate meta. <laughs> I, I, I just do. I'm so tired of it. Why can't we just have stories that are linear? And like, Unless you're like Christopher Nolan, I'll right. give you some space to not do that but even uh-huh. he's not making medic things i think yeah. in the same way this is yeah yeah I, I i think this is a ridiculous a ridiculous way to wrap up a mystery and a mm-hmm. movie mm-hmm. um and a lot of the information it's i mean it's true i mean everything he says to me is so as the audience how are we supposed to feel then yeah um in, in in reaction to like yes we have just been told this is actually a pretty stupid movie um <laughs> and i know that and i released it and wanted you to watch it right right um well and, and there's so, there's so many bits and pieces here that are weird to me um yeah like For, and, and this bugged my daughter a lot. So she <laughs> she holds out the napkin in front of Braun and just burns it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like seriously, that's how he got away with it. She was just the after this whole thing of she just going through every room in the house, uncovering yeah, every bit of risk, furniture, risking her life, and yeah. then shows him the one key piece of evidence yeah. that would resolve everything. Yeah. And he's like, sticks out his lighter and does it. <laughs> like, that's the way Ryan Johnson, you did that. You you literally wrote that down. I got it. He's just going to burn the napkin. Gr- great, jo- yeah, that's great job. Genius. 
man, who would have thought uh, of that? You know, there there was no nuance. There's no yeah. Um, there, there's there's nothing. There there is. There's nothing there. It's like, you know, like a group of middle school students sat down and tried to write a mystery and got themselves in kind of a wrote themselves into a dead end and, uh-huh. <laughs> and didn't know how to get out of it. And so there's there's that mm-hmm. like alone. And then she she. Andy walks, or I mean, Helen walks around the room and said, "Did everyone, everyone see that? No, nobody, right. nobody saw that." And so then, Whiskey, who we know, was sympathetic to the fact that they screwed her mm-hmm. over. Whiskey doesn't say, "Yeah, you know what? That was right. you did screw her over, and I saw that, and right. you know, and all these things." I don't know what investment she has at that point to not well, stick up for, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I mean at least if she had said something it would have connected to the previous scene where they had the a previous scene. Moment, but she says nothing. Yeah. And then we yeah. get 20 so, more minutes of movie. <laughs> precisely. Yeah. And, and and then so to resolve <laughs> I'm so frustrated. <laughs> um, I have no words for it. So B- Blanc essentially says, well, the you know the <laughs> <laughs> give me the, your blank but but my I'm not I really want to but I, I didn't practice it <laughs> but it's just like the jurisdiction of my influence here ends with the police and blah 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 right yeah, yeah. and I was thinking that's bullshit there is still a murder <laughs> right. <laughs> In the house. There's a literal there's a dead, dead body. There's probably a dead body like 50 feet from you. There is actually some evidence and things that you could at least yeah. charge him for right. murder. Right, right. Like, we just all ignored the fact that that never got freaking dealt with. I know. He's like, you know, he's like, thanks for hiring me to solve this. Now at the time where it's it's critical to get a conclusion i'm just gonna walk down to the dock and smoke a cigar yeah i'm leaving it yeah, in your like, hands I got, helen i got nothing else to offer you um <laughs> even though there's totally another crime here we can investigate yeah. which i actually called the boats in about and so of course his solution is he just hands her for some reason he still has a piece of this clear stuff on him uh-huh um right which right I was, I was thinking why 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 did he have that okay yeah you know it's the same reason for carrying around hot sauce the rest of the night <laughs> yeah i know it's just like oh okay he does that i guess check off hot mean, sauce yeah i i you know yeah that's something i would have done but i guess that's a blanc characteristic <laughs> um so his solution is i'm just going to give her this thing and walk away right um what I mean, what did he expect to happen? I, I, I mean, I guess I, I don't know. It feels it feels very <laughs> lazy. You know, it's like it's like you know what the Deus Ex Machina moment of I'm just going to throw this clear stuff into a fire and it's going to create an explosion and therefore resolution. I guess right. Yeah. Like and that's that's what's so what is unsatisfying about this movie is 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 actually also it's the conclusion of it because mm-hmm. in compared to the first knives out where mm-hmm. we have Marta on the balcony looking down at this cast of characters right. knowing that she has won. Yeah. 
like they were awful people, every yep. single one of them. Mm-hmm. And she wins at the end and looks, you know, she's looking down on them. And that was yeah. a very good scene. And it yeah. was like, that really was satisfying. Right. So, so in this one, <laughs> you know, they, for some reason, all didn't die in a hydrogen explosion or whatever. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Never mind that. They they have all at least at the very least committed perjury, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> in court. Mm-hmm. Um, in a very well publicized trial, so mm-hmm. they are going to see prison time for mm-hmm. that. You know, in some way, they are going to yeah. be. You know, their careers are over at this right. point. Right. You know, they're they're whatever whatever they were trying to protect the entire movie right. by defending Braun. They have they've changed their mind about that and will be punished. For some for reason, that. right? For some uh, reason, but, but just because but, in that moment it's what the script needs them to do. Sorry, I'm jumping in. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it, exactly. It, it it is totally inconsistent with everything they've done at this point. Right. That now they've changed their mind, and 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 you know, it would have made more logical sense to like, yeah, this woman impersonated her sister and went crazy, mm-hmm. and we saw her burn everything down right like that would have been they were the only ones witnessing it blanc wasn't even in there he right. couldn't have said like no that's not how it happened mm-hmm. um because that's actually essentially what she did do she, right. she went, in there, <laughs> went crazy and burnt the place down uh-huh. and then all of a sudden they were they now are going to commit perjury in a different i i don't know it, yeah. it, it just was like a mess yeah and it, it was like I was like, that's the ending? I know. I had the the same thought. Like, the boats are coming. They're really all in trouble. um, And the Mona Lisa's gone. Right. Which made me sad. Like, she didn't deserve that fate. Why did she get punished for something she didn't do? Right. I mean, that was part of what was supposed to be your satisfaction as a viewer because you see something that Ed Norton legitimately does care about as far as we can tell about his character that he cares about anything. Right. Yeah. That is lost. Um, never mind the fact that it is now lost to the entire world. Entire <laughs> to to humanity. To humanity, yes. exactly. To, to arguably the most famous painting in the world? I don't oh, yeah. know. I mean, yeah. it it seems to be. It seems mm-hmm. to be everyone knows mm-hmm. what the Mona Lisa looks like. Yeah. Um so, yes, one of the greatest works of art was you know destroyed burnt. so that we as an audience can feel like he really got his comeuppance yes yeah and and that satisfies the murder of her sister the yeah. the you know the duke the losing of her business duke's murder yeah that that that's the justification of it all and yeah i've, I've never seen a movie like do that where they like I'm not sure, sh- you know, and it, it didn't seem like a well, <laughs> it, it was stupid. It yeah. was totally stupid. And <laughs> and then I agree with Blanc. Um, but the conclusion also was equally not clever. Right. It, 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 it really seemed like they did not know how to end this. Yeah, yeah. Like how how can they make this into a you know a, 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 a satisfying conclusion to this mystery? They didn't. Um, there probably the end- wasn't a way to do it, and so they're like, "Well, I guess we're going to end the movie on the dock while the boats are approaching." Because I got nothing. 
So, did you ever actually get a good look of what what was on this infamous napkin? What 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 the oh. business plan was? No, did I you ever didn't. see it? Uh-uh. Oh my gosh, you gotta. <laughs> Well, you gotta stop and pause when okay. you get to see, like, for a, a few seconds, what it, what, what, what this this brilliant plan was the IP <laughs> for for Alpha. So there's like all it. these little, you know, there's all these little boxes and scribbles and lines connecting things, but in the center, yeah, Alpha is based on three principles: the no free app, code a delivery. Machine learn. <laughs> Hang on, I'm reading it right now. <laughs> Tracking, <laughs> crypto management, crypt, crypt, crypto risk, exponential security, growth, world yeah, that's accessibility, diversification, crypto scalability, free app, code of delivery, machine learn. And that's her version. And then there's a second version that Miles holds up that is basically the same thing with a few changes. But that's like at the center of this proof that it was her idea. I don't, you know, and we never really know what Alpha does. It's just this no. vague, like Elon Musk type company that has Alpha News. Yeah, is involved now in energy. Um, does this? But I guess. Mayonnaise? <laughs> I got crypto management, accessibility, scalability to the right under the people, under the people. All right, so that's so that's that's Miles's version. Oh, People doesn't show on on um, Andy's version. It ends with dark web something. Oh, dark web efficiency. Oh, is no, that what dark it says? web efficacy. <laughs> Scalability, development, timestamp, ICO, dark web efficacy. Yeah, these are just random words on a napkin. <laughs> This is just somebody picked up the latest copy of Wired and just like randomly pulled words out and terms from articles. That's what this is. I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't work in your field or your world and like how much of this stuff is like interconnected or whatever. But I just looked at that and think it felt like, yeah, it's like, let's use ticky sounding words and that will be the yeah. the thing that, you know. None of it means um, anything outside yeah. of context and there's <laughs> absolutely no context in this. I, I just thought that was funny and I was yeah. actually just interested in your take on that. But anyway, <laughs> it has, it's the, you know. The, the, well, maybe it's, it's the, manpower. <laughs> I think it's manpower. Okay, anyway. But, you know, in the end, I don't know if, we don't know if anyone got their comeuppance um, right. for what they for what they did, and they you know they almost tried to make them as they're on her side now, you know, and that. <laughs> can I just I can I just say so? To find that image, I I googled it, and it brought me to a Reddit post, and <clears throat> the first comment on this Reddit post was. Uh, in relate to the in relation to the image on the napkin, LOL. It's a bag of buzzwords for startup funded vaporware. Pretty legit, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second the reply to that was, "It's missing blockchain in the cloud." <laughs> I, I think that's very very legit. <laughs> it's okay. Here's another great comment. Crypto, machine learning, and scalability? Holy shit, let me get my checkbook. 
conclusion, Glenn. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you think Glass Onion, a Knives Out story, did it, did it save the world? What movie? I don't remember a movie <laughs> called Glass Onion. Um, oh, the one we've been talking about. Um, yeah, no, no, not really. Not at all. Um, I, we, we would just be covering the same ground, but not memorable. Not a good story. Uh, too meta for its own good, if it truly was meta, or if that's just something that Ryan Johnson is making up to explain uh, after the fact that it was dumb. It, um, and, yeah. No, it, it, it doesn't. And <laughs> I honestly don't really have anything more to say on it that we've already said. <laughs> I, I also have, I think, have made my... I think I've made my case known, and I also want to go on record is that this movie did not save the world. (laughs) All right, that's two votes in the no category for those keeping score at home. (laughs) Glenn. Yes. Would you rather be known Uh as the person who destroyed the Mona Lisa? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Or have to live 10 years doing duke cody's show <laughs> like, like he does it oh my god 10 years 10 years you can't Fuck. just do you got to do a 10 year sentence oh of being god. him <laughs> this is actually a harder choice than i thought it was going to be oh man on the one hand like ten years is a, a prison sentence. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, I think the I think the the sizable contribution that Mona Lisa has to human culture, oh, but God. one year is not enough. You have to live this life. Oh yeah, no. Years. If it was the one whole, year, I'd I'd choose the oh, yeah. God, even. No, like the whole rhino horn stuff and all <laughs> that. All oh. that that comes along with it. I have such the. the, the <laughs> Okay, okay, I'm I'm starting to come to an answer. I have such an intense hatred for the toxic online men's rights personas, the alpha male, all of this right. garbage that is propped up on phony disputed science and just the misogyny of it i hate it so much and you're asking oh, me to I choose don't. 10 years of doing that versus being the one who destroyed the mona lisa god damn you chris i hate you so much okay all right here's my choice all right i'm going to i'm going to make my choice um i i can't i can't destroy the mona lisa uh, I, I just wow. can't. you you're taking one for the team then okay yeah, but here's here's part of my thing okay I'm trying to be optimistic about what our future holds. And my hope is that what our future holds is that all of this toxic masculinity bullshit that is so, that is, you know, the Andrew Tates of the world and all that garbage that is online today starts to fade into the background, I hope. And so I'm doing it, but I have no viewers. I don't know, man. That's, that's as good as I've got. I just hope my viewership just plummets. Oh, God. That, this is the worst one I've ever, we've ever done, Chris. You're an absolute bastard for this one. <laughs> I, yeah. And to, and to answer my own question, I, 
I really struggle with that one. Because <laughs> the thing is, even if it's over, right? And, and, and you know, you're you're going to be forever remembered as that guy, right? Exactly. The, just, just, just a person that you despise, basically. Uh-huh. Um, but I, too, I think the, the contributions of the Mona Lisa to the imagination and, yeah. you know, the... <laughs> the inspiration that that painting has had i, th- I think to, to that to be lost to the world is a greater loss than my self-esteem and respect <laughs> i would i would argue that the inspiration that the mona lisa has had on art and culture uh is is more desirable than the inspiration that men's rights <laughs> bullshit has had on incel communities and garbage because like i i tend to agree with you i think think that people yeah look back and hopefully joke about oh, just God, how i hope so just ridiculous it all was either, that's my hope either there's way, no guarantees i know either way i'm remembered in infamy but yep. hopefully lesser <laughs> infamy than the other so uh yeah that I one think people eventually forget about you <laughs> yeah hope that so. one was i i knew that one would bug you so good <laughs> i did my job yeah So, Glenn, you know, I offered up Glass Onion, uh, mainly because I really wanted to talk about it and see, honestly, kind of what your take was on it. Uh Um, That's how this all started. Um, It wasn't meant to be a punishment in any way. I just was curious. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) No, I'm serious. I know. Um, But I am, you know, I'm ready. Um, Glenn, what are are we going to do next? So, we have just finished a movie written and directed by the same person. And we will be doing another movie written and directed by the some the same person. Oh, um, okay, curious. Um, I might just say that that's the theme: same writer director. Although I could put this into a category yeah, a of fa- stylized movies or great dialogue. Uh-huh. Um, those would all be candidates, okay. in my opinion. Um, no, I think that's a valid a valid um, topic. Yeah, what you just said. So we're going to look at a movie. I don't know if you've seen this before. This is our first foray into David Mamet on this show, I believe. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yes, you're, you're correct. Um, so we will be doing the 1997 movie written and directed by David Mamet, The Spanish Prisoner. Have you seen this movie? Okay, I have seen this movie. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. What, it, in the theater, even so really, I do have a I do have a story there. Okay, good deal. Not not a good one. <laughs> All right, but I have seen it. Okay. Yes. All right, and cool. I have not seen it since then. It's so. <laughs> it's one of the movies that when we first started talking about doing this podcast, I knew I wanted to talk about with you because is that right? This can be a movie okay. that. Uh, Movies that are written and directed by Mamet can be very people love them or hate them kind of thing. And I'm True. curious uh, uh, where you come down on this. So that's yeah. why I wanted to talk about it with you. No, this is a fun choice. This is a movie definitely worth talking about. So that's cool. cool. I never, honestly, I never would have, it never would have come across my radar um, All right. in that, in that regard. And I, in a way, kind of forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but now I'm starting to think back to it as we're, as we're talking. So, yeah. All right, excellent. This one is not a punishment. You you have spared me. No, I wanted to find a good movie. All right. Well, I think it's a good movie. Uh, we're giving it away. All right. Yeah, anyway. so maybe I've tipped my hat. So yeah. Anyway. All right, well, folks, thank you so much for listening. Uh, 
uh, Chris, thank you for the opportunity to uh, rant for a while about this movie. Um, and yeah, thank you for dive into yeah, it. Letting me do that. <laughs> yeah, uh, folks, if you like the show, uh, give us a like on uh, or a review on iTunes or uh, yes, that'd um, be, Apple that'd Podcasts be or nice. Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts, all that good stuff. Um, and yes, then join us it. next week for the 1997 David Mamet movie, The Spanish Prisoner. <laughs>